Emma woke me up at half five and said, I think there's somebody outside our house. And I was half asleep and I was like, okay, you know, one of those, I'll go downstairs. That's, that's the point of a house, for them to be outside. <laughs> I was like, I'm half awake. I will go downstairs and I will, I will open the door and prove that there's nothing there. So I walk downstairs, I open the door mm. and there is a young man mm. in a bright orange t-shirt, bleeding mm. copiously from a head wound, stood in our porch with his head leaning against the brickwork, just bleeding down the side of our house. What? And he looked at us oh, and we dear. he looked at us and we looked at him. And he's like, I, I don't know how to address this situation, so I, I kinda of went, You alright? <laughs> Standard northern greeting. Yeah, and he went, I'm i I'm really sorry, I'll wait for the next one. <laughs> oh, this is a young man who might be inebriated. <laughs> yeah, um so we kind of said, you're, you're bleeding. Do you need some help? Do you want us to take you to the hospital? Do you, do you want to sit down and we'll get you a drink? And he's like, no, 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 I'll wait for the next one. It's fine. Did he think he was in a taxi rank? I think he thought he was at bus stop. But we, we kind of... <laughs> Why would it, you wait for the next bus? <laughs> we explained to him gently. We're like, this, this is our house. You're stood in our, in our porch. And he went, oh, uh, oh, okay. I live near the McDonald's. And there's not a McDonald's within two miles of where we are. I think I know the nearest McDonald's. It's on the far side of uh, the river, isn't it? So armed with this information, kind of, do you want me to drive you? To the McDonald's? Would would that help? He went, no, no, I'll get the next one. And then (laughs) just walked walked down the steps and walked off. Hey up, I'm Joe Heathcote and this is Consistently Eccentric a podcast where I will attempt to teach a friend of mine a lesson from British history, focusing specifically on the lesser-known and less believable people and events that the history books tend to leave out. So let's get started with... Okay, so strap oh, in. Oh, no, okay. This is, this, is, this is a thinker, and this is a story mm-hmm. for you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because this story starts in the high Middle Ages. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible pun alert. <laughs> I'm not like that anymore, by the way. I'm a respectable family man now. It's boring. So your three words for this particular story are succession, betrayal, and boredom. Oh, that's kind of like my life. (laughs) I'm going through some shit, ladies and gentlemen. Well, not as much as this particular protagonist, because Matilda (gasps) was born in... 1102. No, you don't know what you've done. I've always wanted to know more. I, I found out about this period of history and like oh, a throwaway line in a book I read once and I've always wanted to know more and nobody cares about it. I'm so happy. Matilda was born in 1102 hmm. to King Henry I of England and her mother, who was also called Matilda, <laughs> who was a direct descendant of Alfred the Great. Now, it seems Henry had married her pretty much for a name because he was the son of William the Conqueror and he wanted to shore up his claim to the English throne. And having an heir who was both an heir of his and an heir of... The House of Wessex. Yeah, would be a great thing to have. But he only ended up with a girl, so it backfired. Well, uh, yeah. The reason he wanted to make sure of the succession is because there hadn't been an uncontested succession in England since the aptly named Edgar the Peaceful and that had been over 140 years previous. So basically right before Ethelred the Unready and his failure house got involved. Yes. <laughs> From that point, things had got a little bit... Unready? 
sticky. <laughs> Unfortunately, as you have pointed out quite rightly, mm. at this point, a little girl wasn't much use as far as an heir went, or at least Henry didn't think so. Well done, sexual so, politics of the time. So Henry and Matilda Sr. tried again, and the following year, in Henry's eyes, they got it right, mm. and they produced a son called William Adeline. Ad- or Adeline. I don't know the pronunciation, but we're just going to call him William. Is that one of those words that's like fallen out of usage because it was French, Norman, English hybrid thing? It's one of those where I can't decide whether it needs a French pronunciation or an English pronunciation because these people rule both France, well, Normandy and and England at the time. Mm. So he was the heir of England and Normandy, William. After this, William turned up. Matilda was pretty much ignored by King Henry. Fantastic. Who promptly, he's got his air now, got busy outside of the marital bed. Dipshit. Producing approximately... We can approximately. Only, we can only give an approximation here. 22 bastard children. Is that acknowledged? Ba- like, like, not in the line of succession, but like, yes, I accept that this is my bastard. Uh, no. These oh. are 22 that, that sort of rounded up. Right, okay. You know, they were like, well, <laughs> we think this is... The great bastard farm of London. Yeah. <laughs> or only- wherever their palace was. He only actually got round to remembering he had a daughter when a letter arrived from the Holy Roman Emperor, Henry V, so a different Henry, Yeah, suggesting that she might make a good match for him. Oh, was he quite powerful, Henry V? Are we talking like a major European European monarch? The the king of Germany and France, basically. Well, not France. France had one of the Louis, I assume, (laughs) because it's always a Louis. You you had to squeeze in 16 of them before they got killed off. Jesus Christ, they had to be somewhere. So he suggested, he's like, I've seen your daughter. It'd be great for us. I've seen your daughter. Matilda was seven at She's the looking time. fine. Yeah. She was seven, what? Matilda was seven at this point when the Jesus. letter arrived. Jesus Christ. Of course, her father, being a loving father, hmm. said yes. And the, two, <laughs> the two Henrys got busy thrashing out a deal. Yeah, well, you got. To, I mean, he's taking a daughter off your hands. You've got to pay him for it, haven't well, you? Well, King Henry was into the marriage as he would get an ally against France. And ex- uh, you see, now I'm torn because I'm always up for fighting the French. Yeah. And <laughs> even more legitimacy for his claim to the throne because the Holy Roman Emperor is basically acknowledging that you know he has a right to the yeah, English yeah, throne yeah. by yeah, doing yeah. this. And Emperor Henry would get a child bride. But he would also get... <laughs> was that important for him? That's creepy. No, he'd also get a, a 10,000 mark dowry, which would be enough to fund a military expedition to Rome to enforce his coronation as Holy Roman Emperor. Oh, so he wasn't actually the Holy Roman Emperor he, yet. He was the Holy Roman Emperor. It's just the Pope didn't like the fact that he was the Holy Roman Emperor. So he'd been voted in by the princes. But you have to go and get invested mm-hmm, in that mm-hmm. role. And the Pope wasn't happy with that. So he thought... If I turn up with an army, he can't say no. Well, we'll see. And to be Wait, fair... we were using marks as currency at the no, time. No, I think it's converted. That's right, what okay, he... Okay, you know, okay. When they got to him, that's what they'd be. Right. And to be fair to the Henrys, because I know we've said child bride, they agreed that Seven was too young for Matilda to leave England to travel to Germany for a wedding. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So They're they, going to pick a ridiculous age, aren't they? She was a much more mature eight years old when she left home to be crowned Queen of the Romans. Jesus Christ. In Germany? In Germany. Because everything's screwy with the European history. The marriage itself, though, only took place in 1114, when Matilda was 14 and Emperor Henry was 26. Okay, that's fucked up, but also, like, by European royalty standards of the time, waiting till she was 14 is, like... 
see, it's one of those things, it's one of those relative things. It's like it's quite enlightened for the time, so you should be like, well done, it's progress. But at the same time, it's like, no, that's deeply fucked mm. up. And what the hell were so you there was, thinking? There was a twelve-year age gap between them. But to be fair to Matilda, she mm. immediately got stuck into the business of queening, and she was pretty damn good at it. So she had a full role in running the empire as a fourteen-year-old. Good for her. And she was apparently quite a statesman. She was very good at diplomacy. States, states person. States stateswoman. States states child. She was a great states child. And <laughs> states adolescent. She she was had a knack for diplomacy. Um, and in 1116, two years later, when Pope Paschal II excommunicated Henry, Matilda wow. decided that she would accompany her husband across the Alps at the head of his army. <laughs> you can't kick me out of the church. I'll kick you out of the damn church. So she's a 16-year-old queen at the head of an army at this point. Well, I mean, you know, next to the head of an army. Let's, well, let's be fair. She, you know. Well, I, ha, like, was she was she quite well liked by the people of the Holy Roman Empire? Like Philip, no, Henry's Emperor Henry's subjects. Was she like popular? Well, she wasn't unpopular, which is, uh, I think, the best you can you can get at yeah, this stage. She's only been yeah. in the role two years. Yeah, good for her. The power couple swept through northern Italy unopposed before heading for Rome. <laughs> How surprising! <laughs> before they decided they would head for Rome to have a little word with the Pope, Paschal had wisely fled. So the couple appointed an anti-Pope. Oh, anti-Pope! Yeah, nice. An anti-Pope. Was he? A, did they call him the anti-pope? Because it doesn't sound like... You no, know. they would have called him the pope, but right. officially under, you know, sort of Vatican history, he was an anti-pope. Right. Uh, somebody who, who was not recognised by God as the pope. <laughs> A.K.A. a bunch of old dudes with a fire. Yeah, well, yeah. So <laughs> basically they were just like, are you a bishop? And he said yes. And like, no, you're a pope. Now come over here and crown us. So he was crowned Holy Roman Emperor, and she was crowned Empress at St. Peter's Basilica. Nice. Nothing could stop Matilda now. Mm-hmm. She would be referring to herself as Empress for the rest of her life. Well, I mean, it's it's not a title you give up, is it? Yeah. So she's, she's you know, her husband's now been invested. They've obviously got an army that can subjugate the entirety of Italy. Yeah, but like, that could be three dudes with sharp sticks, let's be honest. So she, But she's in a good position, you yeah. can at least admit that. Yeah. No, from, no, no. From, I, I, from I'm, where not, she started, I'm not taking it away. I'm just saying that, you know, there's a reputation. <laughs> from where she started as the child that her dad didn't want, <laughs> she's done quite well for herself. I, I mean, far better than you'd expect an unwanted female English princess. So she's on the up and up and nothing can stop her. Except for her husband's cancer. Because oh. Henry died abruptly in 1125. And she never produced an heir, obviously. Well, even worse than that. Well, I say worse, probably more enlightened again. Unlike other rulers, holy Roman emperors were elected from amongst the imperial princes. Mm-hmm. So there was nothing Matilda could do to hold on to her power. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, fair enough. So an heir wouldn't have mattered, yeah. yeah. The only thing she was able to keep to remind her of her times empressing mm. across mainland Europe... Uh, were a selection of jewels and the title of empress, which she was going to hold on to well, for I, the rest of her natural-born life. still, by the by the standards of the time, fairly enlightened. You know, I mean, you, you cross over to what's going on in, say, China at the time. It's, it's new dynasty, everyone dies. <laughs> she was only 23 at this point. Okay, so she got another, like... So she got... She was crowned at 16. Yep. So she got... But she was crowned... She was crowned... Um, Queen of the Romans at 14. She was crowned Empress. Empress of the Holy Roman Empire at 16. 
So she got to be empress with a husband by her side. For like seven years. Proper empress actually running shit for yeah. seven years. That's, I mean, medieval lifestyle-wise, that's like a good percentage of a lifetime. She's, she's doing okay. It's, 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 it's not gone well now, but up mm. to that point. Well, that's the end of the story. Oh. No, it's not. <laughs> well, that's, that's it. What's she, what's she going to do? But wait! <laughs> Back in England, her father's plan for a smooth succession... Mate, I'm sorry, that was lame. <laughs> the smooth succession plan, William, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it hit a bit of a snag. Did the kid die? In 1120, Henry and his son and heir, William, mm. were getting ready to sail back from Normandy, uh, Normandy, Normandy hmm. where William had just been made Duke of Normandy. Um, was that like, so basically, that was like the, the, the then times equivalent of Prince, Prince of, of Wales? Wales yes. <laughs> so they were, they were in the docks getting ready to sail back when a captain by the name of Thomas Fitzstephen offered the services of his white ship. Fitzstephen? Fitzstephen. It doesn't fit denote a royal bastard. No, just a bastard. Oh, okay. Um, so he offered the services of his white ship. The king, um, well, the white ship had actually been used hmm. by Fitzstephen's dad. Uh-huh. Probably just Stephen, um, <laughs> as part of the Normandy um, invasion. Oh, so, so it was sort of like a trip down memory lane so for Fitz, good old good old granddad and his conquering yeah, ways. Thomas Fitzstephen wasn't just randomly saying, "Do you want to use my ship?" He's going, "My, you know, my dad served with you. I would be honoured if yeah, yeah, the yeah. ship that carried your, you know, part of your grandfather's army, whatever. I would be so happy. Yeah, yeah. The king, however, could see that the crew were visibly drunk, and he declined. But his son didn't. Yeah, a good portion of the younger nobles were up for crossing on a party barge. They were loving that idea. <laughs> Once again, uh, we, we faced the fact that not much has changed. Yeah, so <laughs> the white boat was ran full of wine, drinking, revellers and crew. Um, and you're only going in the English Channel, so you'd expect it to be like okay. Yeah, but I mean, when I'm saying drinking, revellers and crew, what I mean is drinking. The revellers and crew were drinking, <laughs> uh, including uh, William. So oh. he wanted to be in on the party barge. He didn't want to be on the stately well, he's, he's ship. Just, he's just become Duke of Normandy, an official heir to the throne. You yeah. know, he he wants to celebrate time. that. So Probably snuck on a few hoes. The drunk passengers encouraged Fitzstephen to speed up and overtake the king's boat, which had set off before them, because it hadn't bothered with the labour-intensive process of loading wine casks onto the deck. Fitzstephen, of course, also drunk, he agrees... This is the best he, idea ever, guys. He sent the white ship <laughs> flying along at top speed out of the harbour. Oh, heck. And straight into a rock. Oh, oh, really? Of the 300 passengers, only one survived. And it was not William. <laughs> so oh, Henry, dear. I'm assuming because they'd overtaken him at this point, was watching in real time as his plans for an easy succession literally disappeared let's not discount the fact that he might have actually cared for the lad as well well yeah i mean there's a mix of emotions (laughs) but mainly the succession mainly the succession (laughs) Uh, so five years later when matilda became a free agent again Mm. her father who she's not seen since she was eight yeah encouraged her to return to england where she was loved uh by him in order to become (laughs) his second choice of heir to the throne could could you actually do that at the time? Like, give it to a woman? Well, he was going to try it. He had, <laughs> to be fair to him, spent the intervening five years trying to make another son with a new wife, but mm. it hadn't worked out. Had his wife died at this point or he just binned her off? I don't have that information for you. I don't know what happened to Matilda Senior. 
Mm. I assume that after 20 bastards, she left him, or at least I really hope she did. I don't think women had that kind of agency in that time. <laughs> Matilda. I mean, I agree with you. I'm just saying that like, I don't think that the legal proposition of that was on. So he's tried... With, anyway, she's out the picture. He's tried it? with his legitimate son. Mm-hmm. He didn't take the precaution of acknowledging any of his bastards. So well, normal like based on based on the experiences of the House of Wessex, it's probably not a good idea. Yeah. Um, so on Christmas Day, eleven twenty six, Henry gathered all of his barons together and made them swear an oath to recognise Matilda as the heir to the throne. See, that's that's kinging. Like yeah. he did well better than Athelred, who was gathered together. The barons all gathered together and made them made him swear an oath to them. So yeah. <laughs> he's getting the the direction of the oath right, if nothing yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. In return, hmm. all Matilda had to do, or the only snag to this was she had to accept another marriage. Okay? Did she not want to do that? Well, don't worry, it's not to a much older man this time. Okay. Is it to a much younger man? It was to a strapping young 13-year-old boy oh, Christ. called Geoffrey. <laughs> Matilda at this point was 25 and she was singularly unimpressed. Well, yeah. <laughs> Although she agreed to the marriage. Well, it sounds like she didn't have a choice. Why did they pick a 13-year-old? Or was it presumably one of the most powerful baron's sons? Uh, it was to do with shoring up Normandy. Yeah, he was one of the most powerful. His dad was one of the most powerful barons in Normandy. And because <clears throat> Henry was over in England kinging, he needed to shore up his a support. A power base over on the other side, yeah. So as you can imagine, the marriage was a rocky one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the couple even separated for over a year at one point. But after five years... About, but, I mean... <laughs> about the time Geoffrey had navigated his awkward teenage years and had bloomed into a strapping 18-year-old soldier, Matilda accepted a reconciliation and became pregnant with a son. Wow, I mean, she would have been 30 at that time. Yep. That's, like, medieval style, unless you're Emma of Normandy and her endless charms, apparently. <laughs> That's getting on a bit. But as the relationship with her newly adult husband improved... yeah. Those with her father deteriorated. Oh, for God's sake, nothing can go right, can He it? continually insisted that people swear oaths <laughs> that Matilda would be next in line to the throne, which is good, but he refused to cede any power to his daughter at all. So he wasn't giving her power over bits of Normandy. He wasn't giving her power over bits of England. He was basically just saying, well, you're going to be heir. Right, so he's basically trying to create a figurehead. For the future, mm. so he's ceding. Is he at the same time as he's doing that? Is he ceding power to barons left, right, and centre? No, he's he's hoarding power. Right, so he's just an idiot. Okay. Mm. Things reached a head in eleven thirty-five when Matilda decided she had to do something drastic. Okay. So she decided to force her father to take her seriously, and she did this by siding with a rebellion in Normandy. Did so, her husband side with her as well? Yeah. So oh, it was a him. risky move, and it was designed to bring a dad to the negotiating table to show she, that she was powerful. She in her never own actually life. wanted the fight. No, she she wanted to show that she she take, had got loyalty of the barons yeah. in Normandy. She had power, yeah, and that you know she he could be trusting her to rule in his stead. She could do the yeah. Duke of Normandy job, yeah. which is the prince of. So like, basically, take me seriously as the heir. I get yeah. it. I get it. It didn't pay off. Oh shit! Because instead of her dad taking her seriously and coming to a negotiation with her, for the second time in her life, a Henry died on her in an inconvenient moment. Oh, no. So her dad died. Before the negotiations, but during the open hostilities. Yeah. Grim. So, yeah. Although the barons had sworn to accept Matilda, it did not look good that she was actively at war with her father, the King of England, when he died. 
Mm. And because all of these um, excursions were taking place in Normandy, it also meant that her cousin, Stephen of Blois... No, I think it's Blois. Blois. Blois, yeah. Stephen of Blois. 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 <laughs> Stephen. Her cousin Stephen was close... Stevie. <laughs> Stevie was closer to London than she was. <laughs> Just physically. Yeah. <laughs> A good number of the barons preferred Stevie to Matilda as he had the good sense to be in possession of a penis. <laughs> That's pretty... Well, everyone who had... You know, they're pretty sweet. <laughs> it's pretty much the only reason I could find for them preferring him over her. Neither of them had actually spent a lot of time sort of doing the, the dignitary stuff in Not, England. None of what you're saying surprises yeah. me. You know, like, I, I just basically assume everybody before 1975 was a complete sexist. <laughs> Well, as a result, when Stephen arrived in London, they were willing to accept his story that Henry had changed his mind on his deathbed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the old uh, the old confessor, Gambit. <laughs> what did he die of? Do we know? No, we don't no, know. I, I, why don't we just say massive heart attack? Um, which makes the deathbed story even more preposterous. Uh, and they declared Stephen was his new heir. And he even, to be fair to him, came with his own Matilda because it was the name of his wife. <laughs> so you're still getting a Matilda as queen. <laughs> Basically the same person. Yeah. And all, all the barons were like, well, we did swear an oath that Matilda would become queen. Did, was that like legitimately they did that? No, but I can imagine like, <laughs> loophole. There we are. Well, a couple of the more stupid barons. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a Matilda as queen. That's what he wanted. And apparently, despite being stone cold dead in a second... He made a deathbed mm. bequest of the entirety of England and Normandy to Stephen. I mean, in a way, okay. got, in a way, you've got to admire Stephen of Blois's uh, balls. He's 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 seen the he's seen the main chance and he's gone for it. So Stephen was accepted by the English as king. Meanwhile, Matilda and her young husband continued trying to invade Normandy with little success. Wait, weren't they in Normandy? Yeah. Well, they were trying to take over. Right. Normandy. Okay. No, right, the rebellion right. was ongoing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in contrast, Stephen was living at large in London, throwing lavish parties, granting lands and titles. To all of his mates? No, to all of the barons. He was like, oh, I right, want to make okay. sure you stay loyal to me here. Did he not like have a need to invade Normandy to shore up his claim there? Or? I think his, his position was, I've if I can England. shore up England first... Then we'll move on. Yeah. And also, regarding the geography of Normandy, he had the support of the Pope... Oh. who I'm guessing was still sore over the entire... Was it the same Pope? No. Oh. The, you know, the, 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 the papal there's, sort there's, of yeah, the succession a, would still be holding a grudge against... The people who made an anti-Pope. Yeah, I don't think you can make an anti-Pope and then expect new Popes to take <laughs> you back under their wing. And he had the support of King Louis. Only the sixth. We're only up to the sixth Louis at this point. Well, and yeah. France. We've still got a thousand years to get another ten in. That's okay. Mm. <laughs> only two men appear to be unhappy with the succession. Mm. Matilda's uncle on his mother's side, who just so happened to be King David of Scotland, and her half brother. I can't. I like, I, I'm instantly like drawn to King David of Scotland. I feel like he's just like I don't really have a dog in this fate, but that's my niece. <laughs> I, that's probably pretty accurate. And her half brother, Robert of Gloucester. Well, he stands to personally gain, so screw him. Don't screw Robert of Gloucester. You don't know what he's about yet. So. He's only got two people against him, mm -hmm. but they're quite powerful people. So David invaded England from the north. Go on, David. And Robert launched a rebellion from Gloucester. the southwest. <laughs> and as we know, and we'll continue to learn, 
the people of the Southwest were bad the, shit crazy. Were batshit crazy, but were also the badasses <laughs> of all medieval times. <laughs> <laughs> they were the wild card that you wanted on your side. I think the craziness comes in goes hand in hand with that, but <laughs> but with or maybe it's just the cider. <laughs> That's fighting juice. <laughs> With Stephen forced to focus his forces, north and f- southwest. Yeah, forced to focus his forces. That's he was forced to focus his forces, uh, defending England. Um, <clears throat> Matilda and Geoffrey were able to finally stage a successful invasion slash rebellion of Normandy. Mm-hmm. Then they began planning to invade England. So a civil war was looking inevitable at this point. Boss. It began in earnest in 1139, ushering in a period of British history called the Anarchy. (laughs) (laughs) And not in the sort of, like, the political type of anarchy where everybody moves to a communal village and it's all like we all vote on the rules and it's basically communism. More the sort of Mad Max murder times. Well, as far as I'm concerned, and I'm going to posit right now this idea to you Hmm. and see if if you agree with it by the end. I believe this is in the running to be the least accurate description of anything ever. Okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so here we go. Matilda arrived in England without challenge mm-hmm. <clears throat> and set up in Arndale Castle in uh, West Sussex. Oh, wow. So she's like quite close to the power base, didn't you? Well, if you don't know where that is, just for context, it is just south of the villages of Diddling and Cocking. <laughs> That's my reaction. Just <laughs> sexual chuckling. <laughs> so Stephen received word that she'd landed and immediately surrounded the castle. Okay. Trapping Matilda. Siege time. So it's quite a short civil war. Should be. <laughs> but Stephen did not want to appear unchivalrous, so he lifted the siege and had Matilda escorted to Bristol to be reunited with her half brother and rebellion leader Robert of Gloucester. So he let her go. <clears throat> He let her go. He not only let her go, he had her escorted to make sure that she was not molested upon the path as she went Wow! to meet the leader of the rebellion and her half-brother, Robert of Gloucester in Bristol. Wow, so he really got trapped by the whole chivalry thing. Mm. So, What happened to her husband? Oh, um, I believe he stayed in Normandy to shore up their power base there. Oh, right, fair enough. Okay. So this... This plan by Stephen, mm-hmm. I say plan, <laughs> it turned out shockingly to be a really bad move as by the following year, the two sides were in a stalemate with Matilda controlling the southwest. The crazy people. And Stephen controlling the southeast and the Midlands. The north of England was a shifting sands between Scottish and English control. Basically, it was basically whoever had the sword at the time. Yeah, was in wherever, wherever Scotland ended changed daily at that point. <laughs> Oh, so, so I take back what I said. King David's looking to gain here because he's probably going to presumably, if Matilda wins, he's going to be like, you know, uh, that Northumberland's looking good to me. <laughs> well, how far like down will it go? I've always liked the idea of Watford. <laughs> <laughs> and all the London people were like, well, everything north of there is savage anyway. The Scots might as well have it. Ah, oh, if only. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we Jesus. could be voting for independence next oh, year. Oh my God, that would be fantastic. <laughs> so, Damn it! <laughs> they rumbled on like this for a couple of years. Then, in 1141, while busy besieging Lincoln Castle, Stephen was surprised by an army. 
what? <laughs> well, he was busy besieging a castle. Lincoln's flat. There's nowhere an army could hide on the way there. When you're besieging, you're looking at the castle. <laughs> you are not looking behind right. His you. His whole army is a bunch of idiots. <laughs> so it was headed by Robert of Gloucester. Go on. Stephen could have easily lifted the siege and withdrew. Hmm. You know, sieges take a long time. Yeah, but he's Mr. Chivalry, isn't he? No no retreat, no surrender. Mm. So he chose to stand and fight. <clears throat> Idiot. It was a bad move. <laughs> because Robert had managed... Bear in mind he has the people of the Southwest, who we know are some of the most intense people mm. who will go and fight... Anywhere, for Anywhere, any anytime. <laughs> He'd also managed to enlist the support of the Welsh. Oh, dear. Who made up a strong contingent on the left flank. Really? The Welsh fought with an English leader? Against the English king. Yeah, but... And Robert of Gloucester was, you know... I suppose there's a whole cross-border thing going on, yeah. So, as soon as the battle was joined, most of Stephen's commanders bravely ran away. (laughs) And Stephen... Was one of them called Sir Robin? (laughs) Well, Stephen himself... Possibly. Stephen himself... (laughs) As, as I think you've quite clearly marked him, and you're probably right, hmm. was so chivalrous that he would not even consider running away from a battle. So he stood and fought alone of his commanders right. and was captured and taken to Bristol Castle. Well, at least <clears> the <throat> other side followed the rules of chivalry, which was like you can kill as many non-named people as you like, but it's really bad form to kill a commander and a knight. <laughs> That's why you have Stephen written across your yeah, chest yeah, in big yeah, letters yeah, yeah, with yeah. don't kill. <laughs> That's basically what heraldry is. I'm important enough to have a picture on my shield. Don't kill me. Someone will pay for me. <laughs> well, at this point, it seemed like Matilda had won, obviously. Yeah, they she... captured the king. And all of his army ran away. Yeah, and even Stephen's brother, yet another Henry, made a deal what? with Matilda. Why did they only have, like, five names? <laughs> Royalty, you've got to keep it small in terms of the naming. Mm. I mean... To be honest, I suppose such... we should just be grateful they didn't go the whole hog and go like France level incest. But yeah, I mean, sorry, that's not a dig at France. The, the there French, were a lot the of French, the French royalty at the time was incestuous. It's like it's not a that's not a dig at France. I will make digs at France. I'm not afraid of that. <laughs> I enjoy it, but that's not a dig. <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> so he he was a big guy in the church, hmm. and he agreed to deliver the support the full support of the church. Hmm. Oh, he was a priest? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, to Matilda, as long as they gave certain perks to the church. So basically... He's leveraging his brother being captive for his own gain. Yeah, he's going, well, I can make sure that this sticks. Right, but... so basically, the only people who rose to power in medieval England are either completely so chivalrous they're idiots like Stephen or dead-eyed psychopaths. There's no like norm- his brother. There's no normal people in the middle. <laughs> it feels like the people who are just trying to get by quickly get... Uh, Taken out of the game. Yeah. Right. You've, you've got to be one or the other in this. It's very black and white. So, uh, even Stephen himself, because as, as you pointed out, he's chivalrous. Yeah. He agreed to free his nobles from their oaths of fealty. Because he didn't want there to be any... Blood on his hands. Yeah. He was like, well, I've lost fairly. I'm... There's no need for others to suffer. It's my yes. fault. I'm the commander. Chivalry, chivalry, yeah, chivalry. Yeah, I will be treated... I've been promised I will be treated well. I kind well. of respect him. He's an idiot, but I kind of respect his like strength of character. That's yeah. Fair enough. 
So I mean, okay, his initial start was a bit of a dick move. Like he was seizing the main chance there, but maybe maybe he felt guilt and remorse over it, and that's why he leaned so hard into chivalry mm. because he felt remorse for his initial lie. Yeah. That's the narrative I'm constructing in my head, and until I'm proven otherwise, that's what I'm going with. I, you know, I think it's I I hadn't thought of it that way, but I think it's pretty damn accurate <laughs> uh, for his for his uh, personality. So Matilda, she's won. Yeah. And she and her court decided it's time to get ourselves official recognition of this victory. We're going to London for a coronation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She needs to be crowned. But, Where's Geoffrey? Well, he's still in Normandy. Ooh, this, that, I'm spying a problem coming, but I'll, I'll carry on. <laughs> so, But although Stephen yeah. had chival, you know, he'd stuck to the rules of engagement and he had conceded the war, hmm. the people of London hadn't. <laughs> and on the 24th of June, 1141, the commoners of London staged their own little rebellion Against and ran Matilda. Matilda and her court out of the city before she could be officially crowned. Amazing. She retreated to Oxford, possibly very confused. <laughs> because as far as she was... I've, con- I've won. Yes. What's going on? <laughs> she was trying to make her way to... Was, the, this, was, this, was these commoners, sorry, yeah. the population of London? The, the population wow, so of London that, that, had liked Stephen. So that might be the first time that the Vox Populi in modern... in like the current state of England, because it is a contagious state. All I the mean, way up th- that's not to say there weren't agitators from barons who stood to lose, who were stirring right, it up. Okay, yeah, fair but enough. they managed to get a mob together who basically pelted them with stones and made them fear for their lives till the entire court withdrew to Oxford. And she didn't have an army in London? Yeah, no. Crazy. Because, you know, her army was the one that... Wow, I mean, like, you know, early example of power to the people. Congrats, London. Well, she was immediately replaced in London by the other Matilda. Stephen's wife. Yeah, who began gathering support. This included Stephen's brother, who quickly changed sides again. <laughs> more, like, I, more like the Archbishop of Banterbury. Well, I think he'd, he'd watched what had happened and gone, right, she, she's not even liked by the, the commoners here. I think I've backed the wrong horse. But luckily, I'm blood-related to the other person who could possibly be king in this situation. And he's super chivalrous, so he's yeah. going to forgive me. Oh, of course he did. Thank you, brother. You did all you could to keep things peaceful and As calm. As Christ did, I shall turn the other cheek. <laughs> so Matilda responded to Henry's inevitable betrayal uh, by besieging him in Winchester Castle. And apparently she learned absolutely nothing from what happened to Stephen. Because she refused to back down with another army turned up. <laughs> no way. <laughs> they were surprised. Wait, where's Winchester. Well, it's in Winchester, isn't it? Where's geographically? Okay, so they were surprised. Flat again. They were surprised when the besieging forces were attacked by an army. Fucking <laughs> careful. And although Matilda was able to escape herself, her half brother and best general Robert of Gloucester was captured. Mm-hmm. Oh, was Robert of, Robert of Gloucester was one of Henry's bastards? I don't know if he was from Henry or from Matilda Senior. Um, probably based from on the, the king. amount of um, royal. I'm going to assume it was from Henry. Yeah, sorry, I missed that before. I acknowledged that she was that he was his half, her half-brother, but it yeah. didn't twig, sorry. So, but the whole affair had become so civil by this point. <laughs> There's barely any fighting going on. The two on, sides had simply exchanged Stephen for Robert and got back to the same non-committal stalemate 
with minimal fighting that they've been <laughs> engaging in at this point for half a decade. So it's basically just armies marching around going, ugh, ugh, we might Pretty fight. Much. Apart from Scotland, who are very seriously yeah. taking the north of England. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Scotland were watching this sort of political manoeuvring and going, you stab them with the pointy end and you get stuff. <laughs> what of this are you not learning? King David's up there going, I didn't need a reason. I just needed an excuse. <laughs> He's loving it. So... Uh, Stephen did get Matilda besieged again one more time. <laughs> this time in Oxford. <laughs> right? So there's another siege going on. It's like they're playing really bad civilization. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like that bit of risk that just takes forever. I've got Iceland. No, I've got Iceland. No, I've got Iceland. <gasps> I've got Madagascar. No, I've got Madagascar. <laughs> yeah, that's where we're at. But Matilda managed to escape again on Christmas Day by walking across a frozen river, because apparently no one was bothering to guard anything. <laughs> we'll catch her again later, it's fine. It's they fine. saw her open a little side door <laughs> in the castle and walk off and just nodded good morning at her <laughs> as she walked across the frozen lake. I like to imagine this one guy who's like really focused on doing his job, who's just like, we should go! Like, he's strapping on his arm, he's like, we've got to go and get her. He's like, eh. That's not how this war is being fought. Do you really want this to carry on? <laughs> You're new. <laughs> it's bloody Tarquin again, lads. Tarquin. See, if we chase her, she might get hurt, and then Stephen would be very upset. <laughs> so the war dragged on with no real fighting, to the point where the major generals, including Robert of Gloucester, were dying of old age <laughs> rather than in battles. So this took so long that Robert of Gloucester literally lost the will to live. This is, this is the best war ever. Yeah. And the lack of any killer instinct was no better demonstrated <laughs> than when Matilda's son, yeah. also a Henry, yeah. because why, why not why, at this point, yeah. tried to stage an invasion using an army of mercenaries. An invasion of where? England. <laughs> he wanted to become a third force in this war. I'm so sick of you not getting stuff done. Yeah. With with all the, 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 the piss and vinegar of youth, he yeah. decided, See, I'll sort this out. I, I, I'm, I'm just, a, like, I accept we are where we are, but the things, the two things I can't reconcile in my head are, where is Geoffrey? Has he just been quietly ruling Normandy the whole time? Yes. Geoffrey's the fucking genius <laughs> two exactly how much of england has david been in charge of and for how long because by my count he's been ruling the whole of the north of england for at least 12 years at this point he's having fun <laughs> of all of, of all of the three you know rulers we're talking about here the empress the king and the king of scotland the king of scotland is definitely having the best time of it <laughs> he's, he's got a secure kingdom and a lawless region of anarchy south of his border that cannot possibly be a threat to him because it's a lawless region of anarchy. And it's also an easy place where he can go and raid. Mm. So he can keep all, like, uniquely in medieval history, he's got an extended period of time where he can keep all of his most warlike vassals completely happy because they want to fight. Piss off over that direction, do whatever you want, come back in five years, no problems. Well, there you go. You're right, King David's look. He's he's the genius here. Yeah, but no, 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 because you've got this young Henry. And he's... <laughs> he's decided that actually we're going to fight a war properly and he's bought some hardened mercenaries yeah but the, see the, the phrase i've always thought about with mercenaries is you have to pay them to start fighting you and unless do. you're incredibly lucky you also have to pay them a lot to stop well, we, we never got to that stage because it turned out that henry didn't have the money to pay them did they promptly piss off you, most of them did hmm. 
but you don't need to worry because this is the most civil <laughs> civil, civil war, war that's ever happened. So Stephen himself paid the bill and said that young Henry could return to Normandy. No consequences. I, he's, a, he's, he's, he's like, what's that Harry Enfield? Tim Nice but Dim. Okay. Stephen is Stephen Nice but Dim. Like, he shouldn't have been king. He should have been. A, he should have been the priest. His brother should have been the politician. Well, he he saw that his. You know, I mean, so Matilda's his cousin. So this this guy's second related, cousin. Yeah, second cousin. He's coming over. He doesn't understand that in England now we fight wars over cups of tea. I, I doubt tea. Yeah, well, probably hadn't got back from China. Okay, yet. cups of small beer, and <laughs> you know it's. It's more. It's more an ideological issue rather yeah, than a, a physical one. Yeah, it's a game of chess one. rather than uh, you know a fight. Do you know what? If if they'd managed to carry it on for another couple of hundred years, like through descendants and stuff, we could have had the Enlightenment like five hundred years early. Well, <laughs> what a shame! After after seeing this and seeing just how damn nice Stephen was, yeah, Matilda got tired of the whole thing. Well, I mean, she bailed out. He bailed out her son. That's the, got mm. to like buy your brownie well, points. Yeah. So she decided. She'd returned to Normandy, a place she'd successfully invaded uh, and taken over and Years ruled back, yeah. the region. And she began instead going back to what she'd learnt when she was a young girl mm. working with the first of her many Henrys, you know, Henry, her husband. Original Emperor Henry. And she was she was looking into de- diplomatic means to secure her son's future. Okay. Because she'd obviously seen that he wasn't good at the warfare thing. <laughs> um, so she thought, well, I've got to sort this out somehow. She was a much, much better diplomat than a general. And within five years, Stephen had agreed to... Fa- net- I mean, that's about right for international yeah. treaty. Yeah, fair Stephen enough. Stephen had agreed to name young Henry as his heir, thus making the entire civil war pointless. <laughs> did. Oh, my God. As pointless as it was, I think you'll agree, badly named, because nothing about this entire period of British history seems anarchic. Well, I taking mean, out the Scottish element. Yeah, take out the Scottish element. So, but the rest of the country, like, it's a feudal system, isn't it? Mm. But the feudal system kind of breaks down. So basically, it was just a bunch of regional warlords paying. Oh yeah, they were all printing money. So the, the, the system didn't break down. Basically, there was a, sh- a slightly shifting border area hmm. with quite stable sort of um, sides. Fiefdoms, where, yeah. Yeah, and of course, for the people living on that border area. Most of the time, there was no fighting. They were trading freely between each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking about a peasant-based economy. And this was still when so, the yeah. money was based on the the um, you know the the value of the the stuff you actually the stuff had. that you were making the coin out of. Yeah. So you could still clipping was still normal, where you know you actually use weight of gold mm-hmm, mm-hmm. rather than so you clip coins. So there was no problem with you know the yeah, economy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was they... it was just the most. Technically, were stateless and in horrible rebellions, but in reality... Yeah, day-to-day is not affecting me. So, a year later, Matilda's son was coronated. I feel like I've just had an insight into where we're going, if I'm honest with you. So, you know, Stephen, after making that agreement, lasted one more year. And then died. And then Henry II, as he was known, Matilda's son became King of England. At a fairly young age, it sounds Mm. like. In her later years, Matilda proved to be an invaluable counsel for Henry, helping her son deal with the fallout from a little issue he had with a turbulent priest in Canterbury. 
She, <laughs> she smoothed that over, and she even managed a bit of international diplomacy by settling a dispute between King Louis VII, or up to the seventh of France, and the Holy Roman Emperor. Well, so she was like the UN Secretary General of her day, in her later years. She seems like if she had been in an advisory position like she had when her husband was the Holy Roman Emperor, hmm. that was where she shone and that she was able to deal with well, let's be amazingly yeah. sensitive political issues of the day in an amazing way. And if she had been allowed or had allowed herself to be in an advisory role... Yeah, if she'd, allowed, if she'd been able to swallow her pride and be an advisor or had been born male... Yeah. She could have been a fantastically great leader. Mm. Man, she, sexism she, it is turns just out she bullshit. was. You know, yeah. She, yeah, no, she ruled no, I mean, yeah, yeah, for yeah, a long but... time and she did great at that. But you just get the feeling that if, uh, you know, instead of saying, I'm going to sell you, we're going to have a fight, yeah. Stephen had said, Look, I will call you Empress mm-hmm. and you can come and be my most trusted advisor and we'll work together with her sort of diplomatic nous and his. Everyone likes Lodestar me. <laughs> of goodness yeah. is just shining chivalry. They could have been an amazing tandem rulers, but oh. it never happened. And instead, we got the most civilized civil war that has ever occurred on the planet. What a missed opportunity. Matilda died in Normandy at the age of 65. That's really good for the time. Never quite made it to the throne of England, despite having a father and son who were kings. That's really weird as well. What happened to Geoffrey? Don't know. No. Oh, fair enough. He kind of He was never off, that yeah. important. No. So um, she left all of her wealth to the church, possibly trying to still make up for the anti-Pope snafu. And possibly also the, you know, Thomas Beckett thing. <laughs> and her tomb was decorated with the epitaph, great by birth, greater by marriage, greatest in her offspring. Here lies Matilda, the daughter, wife, and mother of Henry. Which feels well, wait, like wait, it wait, needs wait, extra wait, explanation. Wait, wait, wait to make it all about yourself, men. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That, that, that epitaph is bullshit. She was greatest by her own deeds. Yeah. Ridiculous. So she is the first Queen of England that never quite was. Matilda. Well, sorry, Empress Matilda. Mm. Let's give mm. her a proper moniker. Yeah, true. She is, has been known as the Lady of the English because no one's ever actually allowed to call a queen because she was never coronated yeah. so there you go that is matilda and the anarchy that's very interesting <laughs> I, I don't have anything pithy to say about it really but it, it's uh yeah i think i think the most press the most sort of telling thing was that you know mother daughter and wife of henry just yes roll you're, tide <laughs> <laughs> you're really good because you were adjacent to a lot of men i know it, it well just, done you that's just rubbish uh, hopefully, you know, I don't actually believe in the afterlife, but if there is one, hopefully she was looking down when Elizabeth I got around to being Elizabeth I. And maybe that was some small measure of comfort that in just a few hundred years, a woman was allowed to rule and did a good job and was, like, acknowledged in her own right as a great as a great leader. Mm. Like, somebody has to go first, and the person who goes first usually has it worse than the person who goes second. So... Props to Matilda. Um, I wish you'd had a better shake of the dice. You seemed pretty awesome. 